broadcasting from a little liberal town known in Madison, Wisconsin. This is the Sauce Report. And your host today, Sauslin Timison. Are you interested in investing today? Or maybe investing for your future? I sure am. When I found out about this wonderful service that they could help me invest for my future, I, I went on this public investing uh, website, which is an investing firm out of New York. They have done a fantastic job in building my portfolio, which is very diversified. And now that, but they will also help you. You are more than welcome to click on the link below and it will bring you to uh, the public investment site where you get to sign up today and you get one free stock of any of your choice. I, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a deal. If you want to, again, to maybe look into it, that's publicinvestment.com where they will explain and answer any questions you have. And that is what is brought to you by today on the Sauce Report. Remember to keep it saucy. Bye. Well, hello and welcome to the Sauce Report. I hope you guys are having an awesome day because I know I am because I was able to sightsee Utah. It is a beautiful state. And a matter of fact, I encourage you guys to come out to Salt Lake City to visit beautiful mountains of Utah, try different foods, and there's always hiking to do. But another opportunity I have is to bring on a very special guest with me. His name is Rob Diamond, and he is going to open us up with a word of prayer. Yeah. Uh, dear Lord, we, we bow our heads. Um, in gratitude, mm-hmm. grateful for life, grateful for all the blessings that you give us. Uh, we're thankful for um, this friendship. We're thankful to to be able to live our dreams and, and share our talents with other people. Pray you'll be with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Rob Diamond, I welcome you to the Sauce Report. <laughs> and I promise you, I'm not a Russian agent. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think you were. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Um, no, so let's int- so introduce yourself to the listeners because this is a brand new guest and this is something yeah. new. So tell me, like, what made you get into the movie industry? Have you always been fascinated with it? or? Well, that's a good story, baby. I, I've always loved stories mm-hmm. and I've always loved movies. And so, um, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to pursue my dreams and to be able to take the talents God has given me and and use it to bless other people's lives through movies. So I've been, I moved out to Utah from California. I'm from the beach, Dana Point, Southern California. I came out here in 97 to star a film with a, a Hollywood legend, Mickey Rooney. Mm. And at the time, I, I had aspirations to teach acting and write screenplays and mm. produce movies and direct. And and so that's what I did. And so I, um, I, I, I jumped right into it, you know, mm. being in L.A. for years and doing commercials. I... I've made my film career out here, and my family lives here. And I've, I wrote, directed, and produced my first film in '98, and oh, it's man, that makes me feel that, old. That's 25 years <laughs> yeah, later, and I've been fortunate. I think I just, I've written, directed, and produced over 25 feature films. And that, yeah. um, uh, what was your what was your first movie that you ever produced? What was that title? Um, it was a movie called Three Days to Live. Mm. And I never released it. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> but it was a great learning curve for me. We yeah. shot it in Utah, Vegas, and California. Okay. And if someone filmed behind the scenes of the movie, it would have been a better documentary than the movie was. <laughs> but it was such a great blessing and a learning curve for me yeah. to, to get into the trenches of... I think I wrote the script in three weeks. I raised the money. Mm-hmm. I hired the cast and crew. And 
we went on this incredible adventure that I'll always hold dear to my heart because I learned so much about myself and about storytelling mm-hmm. and about the art of doing. Mm-hmm. It's just pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and going out and doing it. And that's how I learned the best. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I've evolved as a filmmaker, a storyteller, and mm-hmm. um, the, the creative side, which I have by nature. And then I've developed the business side mm-hmm. of getting my films marketed worldwide. And so... So what? So before we continue on, what yeah. do you think about California's approach? You know, because I feel like you left California because it was starting to become a little bit too. You know, because back in the day they were starting yeah. to introduce the wokeness. Yeah. So what? So what do you think of it? What do you? Th- are you glad that you're not there anymore? Are you? Well, I've, I always have a love for the the state of California, and and there's a, there is a lot of good people there, mm-hmm. and you know, my some of my family's still there, but. You know, the political temperature, no, I don't agree with. But I I moved out of there long before that. And now, you know, if I do go back to California, it's for nostalgic reasons to to see family and to see friends. I'm an ocean guy. But I still have some great friends. And I think, you know, you could generalize. It's dangerous to generalize people as a whole. Mm -hmm. There are good people all over the world. And there are people that I don't agree with, but that doesn't mean I hate them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's okay to agree to disagree. And so um, Utah has just provided me a, a great home for my creative mm-hmm. output. And then my family's here. Yeah, And I, I choose, to, and more importantly than what, where I'm at, is I choose to make independent films. Mm-hmm. I, I have no desire to make, to work inside the Hollywood studio system. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of people there that are great people. And I've worked with bad people, just like every other business. But Utah, an independent film, has given me creative freedom mm-hmm. to have a voice. And now distribution is available to anybody who makes a quality project because of streaming. And so I've developed relationships with distribution over the years. And I, I get to have my own voice. And that there's beauty in that. That's a blessing. Absolutely. And I think it's important that we take a – because <clears> – <throat> so – I think how old is because I think one of your oldest kids is around my age, if I'm right, right? Well, it depends how old you are. Oh, I'm <laughs> old. I'm an old. My oldest, I'm my oldest child is 31 years old. No. Yeah, Man, that's kind of. <laughs> you know what? There's always been. I don't know what's with all this, but it seems like I meet people that are like really young like for instance i thought you were like 47 years old yeah and i'm like man this guy like he's got kids that are younger than i am but no it's and I, I got some from 17 to 31 and i've wow. got four grandchildren good oh, congratulations yeah it's how many years are the kids my, my, oh this this marriage i've been 12 i've been divorced before okay but this is my going to my 12th year of marriage and uh she changed my life for the better and you know, I had some learning to do along the way, some growing up to do, yeah, some some spiritual healing to mm-hmm. do, and so. So, what's one of? Uh, there's a Christmas story or a Christmas movie that I absolutely loved, and I actually gravitated towards, actually reaching out to you, and that's what actually caused me to reach yeah. out to. Uh, it's called. You want to? Because it's it's called Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace. Yes, and it's a very special film that's near and dear to my heart that gratefully it's 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 gotten some legs and it's it's gotten attention across the globe yes um, because it touches people's hearts and that was a very magical experience a very spiritual experience i woke up um on my birthday um in 2019 december 18th and i had just had a dream about it i had a, it was downloaded to me and i knew that i needed to make it and yeah it was miraculous getting it made i mean we got it 
made in the nick of time before the world shut down with COVID. Oh, wow. And it just had, from the beginning, it had the markings of a special film. I mean, the title itself, Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. The Prince of Peace is another term for the Savior Jesus Christ, the Holy One of Israel. And so the the title itself conjures up thoughts and feelings, and it's about a little girl who's sick, and she meets a hardened criminal Mm -hmm. um, that's come from a prison to a hospital on 24-7 lockdown because his kidneys are failing. Mm -hmm. And they meet each other and become the most unlikely friends Mm -hmm. that can do nothing but touch your heart. Yes. And so that that was, you know, I've been fortunate, like I said, to make a lot of movies. That's one of the (coughs) one. I love all the movies. I think I'm grateful for them. But that, you know, and my granddaughter plays the lead and she's absolutely fantastic. She did a phenomenal job. Yeah. And my question is, okay, as a movie, I had to watch it not once but multiple times. Yeah. As a movie, as a producer, as sitting back and with while film is rolling, how did you feel emotionally? Because I could only imagine in your shoes. I was like, I thought about it. I'm like, man, if I was Rob Diamond, I'd be crying every, like especially at the last scene. Yeah. When she crosses that finish line, per se. Yeah. She, not per se. She crosses that finish line. Yeah. I could see you just, you know, and her. She gets to meet her grandpa, mm-hmm. and you know, and she's like, I could see you being in her shoes or sitting back and just bawling your eyes out you know how did you feel during that time like just like just like you said i was sobbing yeah so i'm very much a an actor's director i'm very much in the moment emotionally as well as technical i'm paying attention to the visuals the cinematography the lighting the sound Mm -hmm. i'm aware of everything but i'm mostly aware of the emotional truth and Mm -hmm. i allow it to touch me because that's how i know if it's believable if it moves me the camera's going to capture and it's going to move the audience so Yeah, there's scenes in there where um, after a couple takes, I had to step away for a moment because mm-hmm. it, it was so deeply emotional for me. And I think it was like that for everybody on the set because you're dealing with really tender feelings and mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. And and it just had a very spiritual experience. Like I felt, I felt angels around yeah. that film set. I yeah. really did. I felt like that we were being rooted for and the, the angels were cheering us on and... Mm-hmm. And there's it's it's very humbling because you know I, I I you know I wrote it and directed and produced it but it took a, a team it took an army mm-hmm. to make that film come to life so everybody shares in that and we get to hear how people feel about it and that's why I make films to touch people mm-hmm. films can be forever yeah and so you can choose to make films that tear people down or build people up yeah and you know one thing is I have to say <clears throat> is. I, the, what's the father's name in that movie? Um, the, Adam the, Hightower. Adam played? Hightower, yes. Yeah. One thing I have to say is, I mean, I feel bad for Adam Hightower because I was frustrated at him. And I'm like, can you just go along with your daughter? You yeah. Know, and just, <laughs> yeah. But then I feel like he got a little bit upset at uh, Lucy, you know? Mm-hmm. And because our and another thing is, I felt like that his his wife um, was kind of, uh, she did a great job of going along and saying, okay, sweetheart, okay, here's grandpa, you know? Yeah. But... It was interesting because the pinnacle point was uh, when Adam Hightower saw that he, like, was touched when he went and saw that hardened criminal. Yeah. And that's where the big pitiful point was. And it was even at the beginning part when he first introduced that encounter when Lucy's like, well, what's your name? Yeah. And he's like, well, hi, I'm Lucy Shimmers, you know, and and I'm sick, you know. And and then it was kind of interesting that 
I, Adam went and asked the doctors whether it was a safe place. Yeah. You know, what was the point of that, if I may ask? Cause, well, but it's a parental point. So when I write, I, yeah. I, I have to write what a parent would do. Yeah, okay. So if I was a parent, and I am a parent, and I'm mm-hmm. in the hospital, and I see someone on lockdown, I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm concerned for the safety of my child, first and foremost. And so Adam's character is very much written from a father's perspective. Yeah. And so the payoff at the end when he realizes there's an emo- when he changes too, there's a purging, is a payoff. Mm-hmm. If everybody would have just gone along for the ride, there's no conflict. Yeah. And so good movies have to have conflict. Yeah. Stories have conflict. Yep. Right? The story of Jesus Christ is riddled with conflict and resolution. Yep. And so, you know, every character I try to create a, a, a sense of reality to how they would react in that situation. Mm-hmm. And from my point of view, that's how I'd be as a father. I would want to know why that there's a prisoner on in that floor. I want to know if it's safe. And I wouldn't want my daughter talking to him yeah. you know, in, in, unless I was there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think every character is driven from my experiences in life and how people react to certain situations. Yeah. And another instance uh, in that movie... You saw the you saw how the hardened criminal. What's the guy's name, if I may ask? He played Vincent Vargas. He's on a TV show called The Mayans MC. Okay, on Fox. So Vincent, you saw how he changed. Yes, and that was so powerful because, you know, second time second time of watching the movie, I was strictly focused on Vincent, and because you had because for that kind of a movie that you make, you have to watch it not once but multiple times yeah. to get in the gravitation of the. Uh, you have to look from the main character standpoint. You sure. have to look at other ones. I got really mad at the police officer. The oh, one, yeah. The nighttime one. Yeah, you did. But I did. That, that, that was done intentionally. What? So, so? Did you intend it? or? What? Yeah, I wanted him to be... A jerk? Uh, yeah, a jerk. A jerk's a good way to put it. That um, <coughs> he had no sympathy for the prisoner. Mm. He was selfish. And there's people like that. Um, and so... And then Vince's character... The character change in the character arc is what really the magic of what makes movie work. So there's undeserved misfortune, mm-hmm. um, which tugs at people's heartstrings. Lucy's receiving undeserved misfortune. Then there's character change. There's a reason why people love A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Because the Scrooge is a jerk. Yep. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, you're rooting for him. Yeah. Because he changes. There's three angels that come visit him. That are the ghosts, ghosts of Christmas past, ghosts of Christmas present, ghosts of Christmas future. And it changes his heart. And that's what I wanted to do with Vince, his character. He starts out bitter and giving up. And by the end of it, love, mm-hmm. through the love of a little girl, ignites the hope in him mm-hmm. where he wants to live again. Yeah, and so love was the remedy for his bitterness. Mm-hmm. And that, that gets you rooting. So... If I can get, I love, see what you're saying is the whole person storytelling. I don't like that character. I love this character. That means you're emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. And that, that means a lot to me as a storyteller is that I can get people. I love when someone doesn't like someone mm-hmm. because I'm getting a response. And then the more you don't like the, the guard, the more you love Lucy. Yes. The more you don't like the guard, the more sympathy or empathy you have for Vince. Yes. And so there's, there's a psychological reason behind storytelling as well mm-hmm. and that particular movie all the all the pieces came together the stars aligned yes because you saw <clears throat> because was your intention when you wrote the movie or when you wrote vincent's character wrote vincent's side you see that a lot where for instance where he thought he was a christian yeah 
And especially this correlates to my life, you know. And that's the reason why I loved Lucy Christmas, Lucy Shimmer's Christmas story, because it came out at the right time. It did. It came, it came out, out at a time when we needed it. it yes, because I was in the hospital. Um, I, I was near, like, the doctor said I should have died. And it, it's like, it came, it was like a very, it was a humbling experience. Because I'm like, man, sure. it was like, it was a God moment. You know, it was a God send. Yeah, I love that. And so. Or what I call a tender mercy. Yes. And so when you wrote uh, Vincent's standpoint, because I feel like from your standpoint, you're like, okay, this is what a typical Christian be like. Oh, I'm a Christian. You know, that famous phrase, you know, yeah. you're a Christian. And especially this is all so hitting me right now as we're speaking with events off off the mic and stuff, where I've now pivot, pivoted towards saying that you are a child of God and you are a child of Abba. Because the term Christian has now become like water. It means yeah. nothing. And can you explain your side of what the purpose of Vincent, you know, why he, like, did, can you explain more about Vincent's character and why he had to have that change? Do you think he was... You know, you want to say, okay, he wasn't a Christian after all. You want to kind of expose him. Can you explain on that standpoint? Well, I think a lot of us um, that say we're, we're Christian. Yeah, lot Christians, anybody that is that we 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 can believe in something, but we can't forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so Vincent, for him to be a true Christian and to be repentant, had to believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can change him, mm -hmm. and not just believe in the story, but that it's a story but believe that it's real yep. and so Vincent through the little girl was the pure love of Christ that's what changed him mm -hmm. and so a lot of people are like that I, I, I've been in places in my life where yeah I say I'm, I'm you know I believe in Christ and I believe in God but it's for everybody but me because I'm so beat up I'm so tarnished I'm so broken mm -hmm. I've made so many mistakes but until I realized that hey that's the whole purpose of this the atonement of Jesus Christ is he he died for each one of us mm -hmm. And when we really believe that, then that's when real change can happen. And that's what happened to Vince's character. When he really believed that he, that he can be forgiven Amen. through the love of Christ, mm -hmm. he changed. But we all, we all come to that cross that, that if, you know, in our faith is that, hey, yeah, we got we to gotta, we gotta put up or shut up. Mm -hmm. We got to put boots on the road and start walking the walk and not talking the talk. Yep. And that's what came with, with that character. Yeah, he did believe in, in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But he didn't believe that it was for him until that was shown through a little girl. Yep. And that's why I call it Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace, because she is emulating the love of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and the forgiveness. She forgave everybody around her. What do you mean by that? She, 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 there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. No judgment. Because he was in prison, did she judge him? No. no. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There, she was judging nobody. Mm -hmm. It was what you call childlike love that we all need to become as little children the scriptures talk about that yeah we need to become as little children because it's pure it's it's not there's no judgment we're we're seeing the heart of people not that they made a mistake mm -hmm. it's not us for up to us to judge and she never she didn't judge anybody mm -hmm. she understood her dad she understood her grandpa she understood vince's character she understood her mom mm-hmm she showed love to everybody. And that's what made you fall in love with her. In the midst of her illness, mm -hmm. she still saw the light mm -hmm. of love. Amen. And that's, that is impactful. That is very powerful. And can you, so then, can you explain, like, uh, the doctors around, like, 
what what did you want the doctors because it's got to be frustrating you know as doctors mm -hmm. can you explain to me from the doctor's standpoint like they must have been scratching their head mm -hmm. you know they must be can you explain to this why did you have that happen like why did you why did you write that the way it fell like it came uh, came about the, the doctors and their purpose why yeah, they, why they well, didn't because know. they thought the doctors you know felt through their education and their training of understanding the human can, the human body that she'd be okay and so they even got attached to Lucy. And so by the end of it, you know, and the best way to describe it is this. When I, when I got sick with COVID, I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I was so sick. I, would, I, would, I, I felt like I was going to die. And I knew in that, those moments that no one, no doctor, no medicine, that the only one that was going to save me was the Savior. Amen. He was the only one. And if I was to die, then my time was up. So I think doctors get to a point where they're scratching their head because, like, we've done everything possible. Mm -hmm. But what they didn't understand, it wasn't in their control. Yeah, It was in God's control. And that's where people have to relinquish their intellect or their, 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 their higher learning is when, yeah. hey, I don't care how smart you are. Yep. If God <laughs> wants you to go, you're going to go. Yeah. If God wants you to live, you're going to live. And so I think the doctors found themselves even more frustrated because they loved Lucy too. Yeah. She was a light that on a hill for everybody to see. Yeah. And so their frustration didn't become just not met because medically I can't help you. But now you've got of all the people in the world, you're going to, this little girl's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're, they're, they were there too to exercise what I call bedside manner. Mm -hmm. These doctors cared. They were doing their job. Yeah. But they showed a bedside manner. Yeah. Because that's another standpoint that we really don't see anymore in this day and age. Yeah. You know, we don't really see... We don't see a lot of empathy. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> we don't see that, you know. And, you know, I felt like, you know, when I, was, when I was in the hospital and stuff, and it's interesting because a lot of people didn't realize it was after the math that they found out. So it's like two years after they found out what caused the paralysis to be had, to happen from head to toe. And they couldn't find out what why I was paralyzed. They couldn't find out why my kidneys were shut down. They couldn't figure out why I was doing all that. And it was interesting because, uh, and out of all the places, it was Tokyo, Japan. You know, yeah, I've been there. It, I beautiful. Tokyo. I was stationed there, and and so we go back to Bamsi, and the doctor still couldn't find out what the paralysis was. And <clears throat> and it was interesting because during that time, it was so hard. It was like I was closer to God more than I've ever been. Yeah, you know, and I feel like we needed. I think that we needed that. And Lucy Shimmer and Lucy Shimmer did a fantastic job of getting down to our root cause, getting down and looking back on our own life, yeah, and maybe changing the way how we interact, changing the way, and not judging that person just because they're in their orange jumpsuit, yeah, you know, or changing them just because they're a doctor doesn't mean they know it all, you know. And so I think it's. I think we kind of well discussed uh, Lucy Shimmers, yeah. But what's another so? When you get inspirations like that, so do they come to you, like, is it through a life event or is it through, like, other movies that you have? Is it, like, just somebody comes up to you and says, hey, Rob, I have a movie idea. What do you think you can work on this uh, yeah. plot and climax? What do you think? So you asked me how my movies come about. Well, I do, I have produced movies for the people where it's their idea, but the movies I make um, come through just thought and prayer mm and meditation and I listen to what I'm supposed to make mm -hmm. and and so when I when I when I put it out there and I do my due diligence I do the work and the story comes to me 
then I know I'm just relentless. I, mm. I see the end. So I begin with what what I call Stephen Covey, a great philosopher and business mind. He said, you know, you begin with the ended mind. Mm. So I start with the writing of the script, and I have to do my due diligence all the way through. You know, writing it, the the funding, the the business side, the casting, the 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 filming, the post production, all the way through distribution. And so, but it has to start with something that resonates in my heart and soul. Amen. And how do I get that? Is I, I just put it out in the universe. I put it out to God, and and He's going to tell me what He wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do it, if I don't act, someone else will end up with that idea. Yeah, in their own in their own way, but the message will be across. So you either choose to be a part of what God wants you to do, or someone else will do it for you. Yeah. And I I'm going to do everything I can in a power in my power before my life's over to put good messages out in the world. Amen. And every film, you know, that I've done has an important aspect to me. Yep. You know, that, you know, Lucy Shimmers is one of my favorite, but I've done films, you know, I did Wayward the Prodigal Son, a modern, you know, modern day version of the Prodigal Son was released in theaters in 2014. That was near and dear to my heart. Um, I just finished one called Fighting Chance about a small town MMA fighter who l- loses, almost loses life and loses his faith. Yep. And is his dad's a preacher and he's walked in his footsteps and he wants a different life. And so it's him climbing back out of the trenches of of losing everything and finding hope and faith again. Um, and so, you know, these movies that I make, I, I try to do two things. I try to entertain mm-hmm. and enlighten. Amen. And if I could do those two things, I've done my job. Yeah. And I never leave God out of the equation because I know it has nothing to do with my specialty or my skills. Mm-hmm. I know he allows me to share whatever skills I've been given and they're magnified through him. Yep. And the moment I start taking credit and you know, I'm this and that is where it ruins it for me. Mm-hmm. So I always give credit to God and I give credit to the people around me who helped me get it made. Mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate enough to, you know, to be a part of storytelling and make, make films. Yep. And I'll continue to do so until I die or until God says no more. Yep. So with this in mind, you mentioned a lot of word about God and your faith. And I'm going to be interested, and I'm sure the listeners want to know, in part two, how did you come to know Christ? Because there's an aha moment. I'm sure somebody else is going to ask and is probably wondering, can you do a part two? So we are going to do a quick part two on how Rob Diamond finds his faith. So remember, guys, to keep it saucy. Bye. You just heard an episode of The Sash Report, a podcast on Spotify, iHeart, and anywhere you hear a podcast. Remember, guys, hit that like and follow button. See you next time, and keep it saucy.